Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. I would like to get into something that we started to talk about, and that subject is familiar spirits. Now, these spirits are called familiar because they know things about you. So when you go to have a reading or things like this, the medium will know things about you as she consults with her her own spirits. And so they are familiar with you. Now, for one thing, these spirits, like I have said before, are ancient. They are probably old as the beginning of time. Some of them have never walked the earth in human form. They are not things that used to be people and then passed on and they're part of the family line. They are spirits of who knows what entities of some kind. All right. Now, I do realize and I do know that there are also people who have had maybe one encounter of some kind with maybe a family member who has passed on. They are not in constant communication, but they have had an encounter on a pretty one-on-one communication type of level. When things like this happen in our dreams, that's one thing. But when things like this happen in our daily awakened reality, that's another. Now, I don't know if I told you this story before. If I did, it's from last year, but I remember this story and I'm going to tell it again. I remember it in detail because it just really, really struck me when the person told me this about what happened to her. First of all, this woman is actually the one who told me that if you see a family member who has passed on or that this this member wants to communicate with you or approaches you or what have you, that it is not them. So you are to rebuke it. The reason I'm saying this is because this woman was not dabbling in any type of occult. This woman was not communicating with the so-called dead. So when she had this encounter, it was really something to think about. So I do know, I, I do believe that there are certain cases where things happen like what happened to her. Okay, so when this happened to her, um, her dad had been in some sort of, um, I don't know if he was into trafficking of any kind, but he belonged to a 
group, kind of like the mafia. So he had this car. It was because you have to remember when this happened to him, it was like in the early 70s. So I believe his car was like a 1970 Impala. It was a big car and um, she had that car. She drove that car. So anyhow, the story about the car is that her dad was found murdered in the back seat of that 1970 Impala, shot execution style, and then the car was rolled into a ditch. This happened in somewhere in San Bernardino County in a place where it was empty. I mean, there were no houses and track homes and big neighborhoods in the area back then. It was empty, like maybe there were some cows and stuff like that, but there were not, it was not built up at all. So what happened was after her dad, after the funeral and the car was recovered and so on, she wanted to keep that car because that was her dad's car and she was very close to her dad. Her one son was telling me at the time that they had to take out and replace the whole back seat and the back door panel and things like that. And he was pointing it out to me and telling me that it was covered with blood here, the door panel and the back seat and and bullet holes. There were a couple of bullet holes in there and so on. So they had to replace a lot of the car in that back seat. So then after, I don't know where she was living at the time when her father was murdered. I I don't know. But anyhow, then they moved to a new house community somewhere in San Bernardino County. So they were originally, I think she was must have been living like it somewhere in LA. They moved to this new housing community, brand new. They're barely starting to build around there. So what you had was maybe a couple of brand new neighborhoods and the rest of it was like Cowtown. And there were no shopping centers and what have you. So you had to drive to the nearest market to go and buy food. Maybe So maybe you were driving about 15 miles away. She didn't know where she was at. It was all brand new. She said, uh, yeah, I, I had to just try to remember my way around so I wouldn't get lost. So she's coming back from the store, and I believe she said that she had her youngest kid in the back seat in a car seat. And she noticed there was a car following her. Well, she didn't pay too much attention because... There are, I have had cars personally follow me from the time I got off the freeway almost till the time I got to work and they weren't actually following me. And I've done that to cars also where I've been driving behind them for the past so many miles. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I hope these people don't think I'm following them. So it's not a big deal. Somebody's behind you for whatever, a couple miles, whatever. Okay. It's not a big deal. But then 
she said that she started getting lost because she started getting a little bit scared because of what had happened to her father. She knew that he was involved in some something. She wasn't sure, but she knew he was in some kind of mafia-type activity. So she's kind of like in the middle of nowhere, trying to find her way back to her neighborhood. This car is following her, and she said she started getting really scared, not only because she had her young child in the back seat of her car, but also she started thinking, this car is following me on purpose because there's nothing around here. And the only reason I'm here is because I'm lost now. So she says, all of a sudden, from the back seat of her car, she heard her father's voice. Okay, I got goosebumps right now. Her name is Jeanette. And she said her father always said her name Jeanette. He never said her name like everyone else did. He said her name the way her name was spelled. And she heard his voice call her name from the back seat. And he said Jeanette. And she like stiffened up like, oh my gosh, I hear my dad in the back seat. And he told her, ooh, I got goosebumps, make a right turn here. So she did. And then he instructed her where to turn until she came to the area that she was familiar with. And now she knew the rest of the way home. In that time, somewhere, the car stopped following her. She doesn't know where because she was freaked out because her dad, who had passed away about a year before, was giving her directions on how to get back to where she was somewhere that was familiar, somewhere that was close to where she lived. So she said, I didn't notice when that car stopped following me because she didn't want to drive to her house with whoever was back there behind her following. So she noticed that it wasn't there anymore. Then she went ahead and hurried up and put her car in the garage. And after, when it was all over and she got her baby out from the car and went inside, she said, I couldn't believe what happened to me. And I started crying. She said, you know, I do not go for this kind of stuff. I don't do this kind of stuff, but I'm telling you right now, it was my dad's voice. He told me where to turn. And I don't know what would have happened to me if whoever was behind me would have got a hold of me. And she knew that was like her confirmation that there really were people following her purposely because she believes if not, that wouldn't have happened to her. Her, her dad's voice wouldn't have came and told her how to get home. So I do know that there are things that happen like that, that to people. And that was the one and only time this happened to her. 
It's not like she struck up a constant communication with her dead father. So where do these type of things come from? How do these things happen? What is it? I really don't have an answer for that question. I have talked to certain people who are, um, I, I don't like to use the word religious, but who are very spiritually near to Jesus. People who don't dabble, people who don't believe that you should be doing certain things and this and that. I have spoken to some of these people and they have said, perhaps it wasn't her dad, but it was like God coming to her in her dad's voice so that she, that would be something familiar to her to guide her to safety. I don't know, guys. It's a possibility. But I I really don't know. And the other thing is that I, okay, this is hard for me because I have been hearing this for so many years and for a long time, and I don't know the truth about these things or not. I only know maybe, but it has been, it's said that sometimes in certain situations when people die suddenly, especially murdered, you can imagine the fear in this man. They probably tied him up and put him in the back seat and then they could have, who knows what to him beat him before they actually killed him. So there was a lot of trauma there, a lot of energy there. Now she still has the car. So perhaps also this energy was still there. I don't know. There are so many different ways that you can go about this. So many different thoughts about these type of things, about what happened to her in particular, because she was on the other side of all of this. She was not communicating with any spirit at all. I mean, nothing. She said, no, it is a false presentation. These things are not your dead grandma or aunt or puppy dog or cat. That's her belief. So when that happened to her, it made me really, really think about, yeah, okay, so how do these things happen? So with saying this, it's because while... I know about familiar spirits, these spirits who seem to know these well. Only only my, my dead uh, uncle would know this about me or only my dead whoever, best friend, would know this about me. Well, no, you see, that's not true. Because these spirits that have been wandering and roaming the earth 
for centuries that we can't see because we are not in that same realm, well, they know things about us that no one else knows. They know some of those things that you've done by yourself that no one else knows about. Maybe some of the bad things that we've done that no one knows about. And even some of the good things we've done that no one knows about. Because they've always been around. So that is why they are called familiar because they are familiar with you even though you're not really familiar with them because they are not who they are presenting themselves to be. So that's why I wanted to give you that other story as well because then on the other hand, there was something that brought her to safety. And she's the same one because she had many children. I want to say she had like either 10 or 12 children. And so she knew that at night, sometimes one of her kids would come into her room like, I don't feel good or I, I have a tummy ache or I want some water. I had a bad dream. You know, you have a bunch of kids. She said, So when one of my kids would come in my room in the middle of the night and they would sit on my bed and she said it would wake her up instantly and she would just keep her eyes closed and she would say, which one, which one is it? Like, and then they would say, oh, it's Andy or it's Dave. Okay. What's wrong? Well, I got a tummy ache, you know, that type of thing. So she told me that one night. And I think this happened afterwards. I think this happened after the the car experience. So one night, she's sleeping and she feels that thing on her bed, like someone said on her bed. And she says, which one is it? or whatever her usual words were when one of her children came in the room. And she heard her dad's voice again. Oh, here I go getting goosebumps again, guys. And he said her name again. And she said instantly, she opened her eyes, and she knew, that's not my dad. I don't care if it sounds like him, if he says my name the way he used to say it. And she said, She rebuked this, this voice. She said, in the name of Jesus Christ, leave now. I rebuke you. And it went away. Ooh, I got goosebumps. And she's telling me this. So it also leads me to believe or think that Maybe the voice in her car helping her was like, you know, a little chipping away of her resolve and her belief. A little bit of, hey, you know what? I can chip away at this, help her get to her house safely, and now I can open, like that's my opening lines of communication. 
So you see, it's very, very subtle the way it drags you in. Had she been different, had she had a different mindset, she may have went for it. She may have spoke to it and said, thank you for, for helping me, dad, and this and that. Opening that line of communication. But she didn't. She didn't go for it. She rebuked it. And the other thing I recall her telling me afterwards is that if it would have truly For example, if it would have truly been, or if there is such a thing as, okay, we're going to let you come out of heaven or wherever you're at, heaven or paradise, whatever you want to call it, for a couple of hours to go and see your daughter. She said if that would, anything like that would have been the case, then it wouldn't have left when I rebuked it. She said, but it left instantly. So that tells me that it was from hell. This thing was a a demonic spirit just trying to present itself as my dad. And I believe that. Yes, yes. That's like if, if someone's going to say a lie about you, and I'm just going to use a very lame story, okay? Like someone's going to say, oh yeah, I saw Maria yesterday and she colored her hair and it's a ugly color of like this orangey gold color and it's all yucky looking. And I'm going to come outside with my normal hair and I'm going to say, "You, what are you talking about? You're a liar. See, it's like so blatant, so out there, like... Yeah, if you've got nothing to hide or run away, you know, I'm not going to run away in my house and put a hat on my head or a beanie cap to hide my ugly hair if it's not ugly. So if this thing wasn't bad, it wouldn't have gone. Just in an instant because she knew and it knew she knew. Not only that, but she rebuked it. So she's the one who told me, if you are ever in that type of situation, rebuke it. It's not that person. I um, have only had, personally, these types of visits. I'm talking about people who have passed away in dreams. I have never had one like that or when I've been awake or any type of thing like this. But her words are always with me when she would tell me things like this. She's also the person who told me, I don't remember what she called it at the time, but later as I grew older, I realized that I think she was may have been talking about like the night hag. Or sleep paralysis. That she said, if you can't move one day and you are being like, if you're asleep at night and something happens and you're unable to move, you cannot make the sign of the cross, you can't speak, you can't 
say anything. She said, you can always make your hand, your fingers in this form of a cross. And I remember it to this day. And as a matter of fact, I have told other people about this who have come to me at some point and said, you know what, a long time ago, you told me about making my hands like this, like a cross, and I actually did it because something came into my room. They called it sleep paralysis. They said, and I could not move. And I made my fingers like you had told me to, and the thing went away. And I personally have used that also. I have done that on numerous occasions where I couldn't move. I made my hands in that way because you can always move your fingers. When these things are on top of you, not letting you move. My hands were pinned to my sides and I made my hand, my fingers in that form of the cross. So this, this woman, Jeanette, she actually helped me and taught me some things more than she'll ever know. Things that I remember. And I use some of these things when I'm trying to put things together, like people who are in communication or maybe something has happened to them when they were asleep and something woke them up or something's communicating with them. So when I'm trying to figure certain things out, a lot of times I use some of the things that she taught me. If I ever could see her again, I would thank her so much because as we pass through our lives, on our walking path, we meet people sometimes who just teach us things that we always remember. And certain people are put in our path to teach us things. It's up to us if we want to learn from them or not. And I was really young when they told me about these things. I was like, oh my gosh, I was maybe, heck, 13 years old when I found out about their car and they were showing me and this and that. But she was trying to teach me things and she really did. Not everything I say you'll remember or even care about. Or not everything anyone may say to you that you'll remember or care about. But at some point in your life, perhaps one of these things will pop up that you'll remember and you might be able to use them in a certain situation. When I talk about dreams, okay, I've had a few of those. I had a dream about this guy that I went to school with 
in middle school and he passed away. We weren't necessarily close friends, but I, I had a dream and he approached me in my dream. We had a short conversation. And I remember I asked him, I said, how is it where you are? How, it, how is it? And he looked up, not at the sky, but he just kind of looked up. And he said, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I just felt like really good. I felt really good about talking to him. And I never knew why I had this dream about him. Even now to this day, I don't know why. At the time, he was um, the boyfriend of my best friend. When he passed away, he, they had been boyfriend and girlfriend for like over a year. And as the dream ended, he started walking away. And I was like, wait, wait. And he turned around. And it's funny because even in my dreams, I... I do this like test. And I said, God bless you. I'm not going to give his first name because his name was very distinctive. And um, some people may know who I'm talking about. So I'm just going to call him David. I said, God bless you, David. And he looked right at me and he said, God bless you too, Maria. And then he had a smile on his face like, I know why you're saying this. And then he turned around and walked away. And then when I woke up, I was like, what in the world? Why did I dream about him? That was more of a dream. It was a vision. This was a real thing. And I remember I got up and I went to go and in the morning and tell my mom what had happened. And she said, yeah, because it's a dream. It's, when it's a dream thing, it's okay and this and that. And then when I saw my best friend, and I was wondering, maybe I should tell her. Maybe this has something to do with her, even though I, I was reluctant. I didn't want to hurt her anymore because she was pretty sad. But I told her anyways when I felt that the time was right, and I said, you know what? I, I had a dream about, about Dave last night. Like, we had a conversation in my dream. And it seemed to make her feel better. And then I said, have you? And she said, no, I haven't had any dreams about him or anything. And then she said something to the effect of like, maybe I'm too sad. Maybe you were supposed to have this dream to tell me. And then after that, she seemed to kind of start coming back to her old self. So I had another dream one time, but this dream was kind of weird. I'm going to tell you something. 
This was a little strange because one of my sisters passed away and we were very close. And maybe a year later, I had this dream and I was like at a train station. I've never, I don't ever recall being at a train station before. And I was like up on a platform and there were tracks that I could see. It was dark and I started walking and all of a sudden I heard footsteps running behind me and I knew it was her and I got scared. So I'm, I'm getting um, goosebumps right now, guys, because I don't know why I got scared, but I did. And I remember she was wearing these high heel shoes that she used to have. And then when she caught up with me, I was just trying to, like, not act scared. Kind of like when you're um, trying to not show that person you're scared or freaked out, but you just want to get away from them as soon as you can. Well, it was that type of feeling, and I don't know why. And I, I can't even tell you what she said to me or what I said to her. And then I um, woke up and I was thinking, what in the heck was that? And why was I scared? Was it not her? Was this something else? But even right now, when I'm telling the story, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I got goosebumps and I just don't feel, I don't feel good about it, but I can't say I feel really, really bad about it either. It's strange. But what was that? Was that perhaps a familiar spirit approaching me in my dream? I don't know. So that's just a little bit of stuff that I wanted to cover as far as the familiar spirit. The other thing that I would like to let you know is um, Labor Day, Monday, I believe it's September 6th, Victoria Kennedy will be joining me. It's been a long time. I've got a lot of questions for her. And we've got a lot of things to talk about. There's been so many strange things going on, strange things happening, strange things that she has been involved in that we're going to discuss. And I would also like to put it out there that if there's anything you would like me to ask her, you can send me an email, maybe underscore Maria at outlook.com. And I will gather your questions and I will present them to her and see what kind of answers we get, okay? So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up and I will, um, during, right before that, I will put it out there again, okay? And let you know that she'll be coming on with me. So anyhow, that's about all I've got for now. I'm going to get into more of um, what's going on with the lights. Now it's it's just kind of, um, I'm kind of like over it, but I'm going to be getting into a little bit more because now they're showing up in other places. I've had 
more reports of um, these people having encounters with these strange lights. We don't know what's going on, but I'm beginning to look at different ways how to just end this whole thing. So that's about all for now, guys. Um, thank you so much. I If there's anything also that you want to hear about, if you want me to discuss anything, just let me know, okay? I I have plenty of notes that I haven't talked about a lot of things yet. I have enough stuff to go on for like the next 10 years. But for some reason, I get stuck on certain things and go off on these tangents and then I just kind of lose it because as you know, I don't make notes. And so that's why I'm off task so easily. So if there's anything that you want to hear about, you want me to discuss or anything, just let me know, okay? Send me an email. I'm going to say it again. Maybe underscore Maria at Outlook.com. And I really love hearing from you guys also. All right? So anyways, have a great day. Sun's out. Looks like it's going to be warm today. Talk to you later. Ciao.